want to thank all of you. I swear, I'm, this is just one of the great moments in my life. I'm just honored to, to be a part of the organization, be a part of the Ring of Honor, and I want to thank all of you forever and ever and ever. The fans, absolutely, uh, I will never forget you, and, and now that I have a name or something up there, then you have a harder time forgetting me. Thank you very much. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Skull Stories. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park. Excited to bring you tonight's show because we have the newest member of the Minnesota Vikings Ring of Honor, Ahmad Rashad, as tonight's guest. We're going to get to him in a minute, but first, let's review what happened last weekend and preview what's going to happen Next Monday night, the Minnesota Vikings fall to the Detroit Lions on Sunday in a heartbreaker, another close game to these division rivals that the Vikings just can't find a way to win, and they lose Dalvin Cook in the process to a knee injury. So the Vikings are going to have to regroup. Don't know who's going to play quarterback quite yet and got to find a way to replace that running back production from Dalvin Cook. Whoever it is that's going to be on the field, their challenge this week is a Monday night football game at Soldier Field. Of course, you can hear that game all across the Vikings radio network on FM 100.3. The fan, Paul Allen, Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Ben Lieber will have the call. But before then, we're going to bring you a great episode of Skull Stories And it's featuring Ahmad Rashad. As I said, he went into the Ring of Honor last weekend at halftime of the Vikings game against the Detroit Lions. But on the Friday night before the game, the Vikings held a purple jacket ceremony for Ahmad. What you're going to hear right now is an excerpt or two from Ahmad giving his speech at the purple jacket ceremony. Ladies and gentlemen, the newest member of the Ring of Honor for the Minnesota Vikings, Ahmad Rashad. My friend and I talk a lot about football. And so Michael's here tonight. He always says that when he saw me play, I always catch the ball and ran out of bounds. I hope that after these highlights that you've changed your mind, that I didn't just always run out of bounds. Sometimes I ran down the field. <laughs> he used to say I never wanted to get hit. That part was true. I think... Uh, It's an honor for me to be a part of this organization, to be a part of the team. It was when I came to Minnesota, it was a kind of a weird start. I think everybody's heard about it before that I didn't pass a physical. They were going to send me back to Seattle. And Fran Tarkin said, you send him back, he he won't play. They kept me, and if that had never happened, I'd never be standing here now. And I was blessed to have such wonderful teammates. I mean, when I came to this team, it was like a a who's who Hall of Fame team. Marshall, Eller, Page, Krause, Tarkington, Foreman, Studwell. I mean, it was just went on and on and on. Matt Blair, just on and on and on. And it was, I'd never quite been on a team like that that had that many stars. Or a team that was so close-knit. We were really, really a close-knit team. Um... And I think when you go to war with people like that, there's a feeling that you have that never changes. You have for the rest of your life. Uh, Tommy Kramer came along right after Fran Tarkin. Tommy and I hit it off just perfectly. I remember that summer we spent at Lakeville High School running pass routes the whole summer. It paid off. Jeff Seaman I played against all the way since I was in college. Uh, You guys did beat us. (laughs) 
in college. I had 156 yards though. And it just, it just, it was just, a, and Bud Grant was the perfect coach for us. He was a perfect leader. We all sort of fell in line. And we, you, you got to realize at that point, Minnesota had been to three Super Bowls out of the first five. I mean, they were, I had never been on a team. They never thought about losing, ever. Bobby Bryant, one of the most competitive guys I've ever been around. From the first, every time I played against, I'm telling you, he was so competitive. Every day at practice, you made me a much better receiver because every day at practice, I had to work as hard as I could just to get open. Just a wonderful, wonderful person. So you could go on and on about things like this, but I really think the most important thing about situations like this is we went through a time period that a lot of other people don't get a chance to go to. We had a chance to become one. We had a chance to care for one another. And as I see people now, after all those years, it hasn't changed. I still love all you guys. I mean, I can think of story after story after story. Joe Sensor, you're one of the best tight ends I've ever seen in my entire life. And only played a couple years. One of the best tight ends ever. And it's just... Um, it's just, I, I don't know what to say. I've, you know, I had it when I got here, I had a love affair with this city, with this team, with this organization, and I appreciate every single moment. And the honor for me is to have and haven't had a chance to play with you all. And that's the way I feel about that. Uh, Sunday is going to be a huge day. This, this place will be filled, and uh, the fans will show their appreciation for what you did, Ahmad. And it's always been a special relationship and one that over the years, every time you've come here, you've identified with as well, no matter all your travels and working with the NBA and doing everything. It seems like the fans have always been home for you here in Minnesota. I always felt that once I left Minnesota that I represented Minnesota. Somehow I never, ever lost my connection to Minnesota. No matter where I went or what I did from here, it was still as a Viking, as a Minnesota person. It's a, you know, the greatest fans, the greatest fans of any team, I think, in the country. I remember when we'd go out and play the Rams when they have the Vikings in California group or whatever it was, they'd fill the stadium. It just was absolutely wonderful. Um, so fans play a major part. And you can't say enough about the Wilfs. Just impossible. I think that when I got here, it was Max Winter. We were out and we practiced in um, Midway, stadium. Midway Stadium where Burnsy would never want us to fall down because there was a rock concert the night before and he was afraid that Whatever they were doing, you know, somebody was going to get it in their nose or their mouth or something. So <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a horrible – and we practiced on a little strip. It was not like pro football. I mean, it was like, you know, you get there, it's like, this is really not quite like pro football, but we had a little strip and we always won. That's the other thing about that. Well, you look at a stadium like this, I think of most of your time you did play at, at Met Stadium, as Bobby Bryant talked about many times when the temperature would be hovering around zero or colder, and Bud used to call it, Cold was a state of mind. I never bought it. Did you ever buy that cold was a state of mind? Two stories about the cold thing. <laughs> First of all, no one was allowed to say they were cold, ever. It never came up. It could be, I remember one time it was like five degrees and we we're going out to practice. So I went to see Stubby, who was our equipment manager, and asked for a sweatshirt. He goes, oh, no, we don't give those out till it gets cold. <laughs> And I remember watching Moose, watching Jim Marshall, all them guys, and, and no one ever talked about how cold it was. So I was afraid to go, are you cold? 
somebody cold? He's like, you couldn't say it. You couldn't say it. Bud was just oblivious to it. He just didn't care. It wasn't cold. We just weren't going to deal with cold or slipping. There was no slipping on the ice. If there was ice and you slipped, then you got cut. <laughs> Bud was like not dealing with anything quite like that. Uh, and we have some, so many other great former teammates of yours here and other great Vikings that are here as well. But I got to point out one man that probably meant a lot to you, Fred Zamberletti, uh, right here. Freddie, a longtime athletic trainer for the Vikings historian, a man who's meant everything to this Viking franchise and to so many in this room. We love you, Freddie. Fred was the absolute best. Fred could work you out to make you well. If you ever got hurt, you had to go work out with Fred. So Fred would run you around. He'd have them guys doing up-downs around the field for about an hour and a half. And by the end of that practice, they were well. He had them, he had them back playing. And Fred, well, Fred would get feisty on the sidelines. You remember, Stud? He on the phone, he'd be yelling at people, not going the right. You're doing the wrong thing. He was like, he was really into it. He was probably the best trainer that I think I've ever been ever been around. And the only one that you remember, Fred, my last year, I didn't feel well a couple of times. I called and you, just told me to stay home. Me and you were tight, boy. <laughs> I don't come in today. You're not feeling well. Stay home. Come back Thursday. That was my man, Fred. He was absolutely the best. Absolutely the best. And one more story. If you could just talk about, uh, I don't know, I call him Mr. Viking. We all do. Jim Marshall didn't speak up here tonight, but I think of him and what a superhuman person he has been on the field, off the field, and what he's meant to this Vikings organization, the indestructible one, Jim Marshall. Jim Marshall is the Minnesota Vikings. He's all of what we want to be. He is the captain of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, there was a bunch of us that happened to be captains. I was the captain at the time. I wasn't Jim Marshall. I was trying to be like Jim Marshall. Jim Marshall was our leader. Of all the great players that have played through here, we all deferred to Jim Marshall. He, as Jim Marshall went, we went. And it was one of the saddest days ever when he retired. I think he was 63 years old when he retired. And he just had something else to do, I think. And he just, but when he retired, it just was never the same. It wasn't the same. His presence was so strong everywhere. Training camp. Jim was, I'm telling you, I've never met anybody quite like Jim. And plus, Jim was not big. He's 225, 230, playing against guys 280, 300 pounds, beating them up. And we went as Jim went. And it's one of those things that I've always told people that the toughest mental, physical player that I've ever seen in my whole life and the best leader that I've ever been around is Captain Jim Marshall. He will always be Captain Jim Marshall. I want to thank all of you. I swear, I'm, this is just one of the great moments in my life. I'm just honored to, to be a part of the organization, much less to be a part of the Ring of Honor. And I want to thank all of you forever and ever and ever. The fans, absolutely, uh, I will never forget you. And, and now that I have a name or something up there, then you have a harder time forgetting me. Thank you very much. Okay, more from Friday night's Purple Jacket Ceremony in a minute, but first, a programming note. Join host Mike Musman along with Jeremiah Searles at Shortstop in Coon Rapids on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. for a live broadcast of Vikings Country. You could win some great prizes, including tickets 
in the Miller Lite Lounge at U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit vikings.com slash vikingscountry for more info and a full schedule. And please stay tuned because you're going to hear from some more Vikings legends from the Purple Jacket Ceremony honoring Ahmad Rashad in a minute. Hey everyone, welcome back. You're listening to Skull Stories. More from some Vikings legends talking about Ahmad Rashad in a minute, but first want to tell you about the Vikings app. Be the first to know breaking Vikings news, access video on demand, and get ticket alerts all on your phone with the Minnesota Vikings app. Download today in the App Store and Google Play. A great thing about the Vikings app, all of the content we produce right here at the Vikings Entertainment Network delivered straight to your favorite mobile device. One of the things we're featuring this week, Anthony Barr wired for sound in the Detroit Lions game. Anthony off to a great start in 2017. He is playing really well, and his game against the Detroit Lions was another good one. You can go behind the scenes with one of our best defensive players, Anthony Barr, if you go to the Vikings app or vikings.com right now and listen and watch Anthony Barr wired for sound against the Detroit Lions. Pretty cool. Something else you're going to love is what we have coming up next. You're going to hear from some Vikings legends who were on hand on Friday night at the Ahmad Rashad Purple Jacket Ceremony. So you're going to hear from some of our writers here at the Vikings Entertainment Network, Craig Peters, Eric Smith, and Lindsey Young. They caught up with some Vikings legends on Friday night, and they were asking them about Ahmad and how great of a player he was. So take a listen to this, see if you can guess who some of these legends are. Very special evening. Just talk about what it's like to see another, uh, to celebrate another Ring of Honor member. <laughs> well, it's really great. Ahmad, of course, was a major part of our success when he came here. And he was just a great teammate, good friend, great friend. Um, just uh There's so many things I'd like to say, but I can't say them all. But the only thing I can say is, in one word, he's a very special, special person in every facet of life. And that's how I look at him. He's thoughtful, caring, very bright, and uh, loyal. He got loyal to his friends. He's, he's, you know, he's special. We. Just hit it off right away. I mean, it's because I'm a scorpion, he's a scorpion, we, we both. But he was, uh, I mean, when I met him, I was very impressed with him as a person. And, and uh, he, somehow, we just, we just hit it off and just stayed that way. And even though after our, our careers were over, we kind of went our separate ways. And he was doing what he was doing, I was doing what I was doing. We didn't see each other as often as we we would have liked to probably, but you know, it, it, that connection always was there. If I needed to talk to him, in fact, I have uh, many occasions when I'm like, man, what should I do? And he'd give me some good advice. You know, he's a person you can trust, and it could, this, this couldn't happen to a better teammate. I played with a lot of guys that were great, great athletes and, and great, great people, and he certainly right up there with the best of them, him, Alan Page, and people like that. He's very special. What does, what does the Purple Jacket mean to you? What does it mean that he's, he's now recognized as a Purple Jacket? Well, it's, to me, it's, uh, 
a celebration of not only being a, uh, a productive player and one that contributed to the success of the Vikings, and I was happy and privileged to be a part of all that. You know, from, you know, we started going in 73 on. We were, you know, the greatest years of the Vikings. So it was beautiful to be a part of that. And um, I'm glad we got a mind because when he first got here, you know, he got here and, you know, he had a hurt knee. And even on that one knee, he was out there watching when he was out there working out and practicing. And I'm like, wow, he's beating everybody. He just got one leg gone. And um, I didn't know whether they were going to keep him or cut him. But I know number 10 didn't want him to go anywhere. And I'm sure he had a, a say in keeping him because he could, man, in those days, the game was different. You know, you, I think one year he led the league in receptions and that, he only had 53. But that's when they could bump and run you all the way downfield until the ball was released. And see, and that's why you can't compare, you know, stats as to if you're going to figure out who's the best receiver here in this, uh, in this venue. But uh, certainly, there may be some as good, but none better. What's a good memory you have of Vermont? Oh, God, I, don't know. I got a lot of them. None of which that Bud Grant would like me to talk about, but I will. <laughs> I think you're past uh... Oh, yeah. I've kind of graduated from the Bud Grant stare, stare down. Oh, God. I thought Ahmad and I used to have so much fun. We've, we've been friends for a long time, and I really enjoy him, and I'm so proud, and I'm happy for him and, at this occasion. Oh, he always got me in trouble. We used to laugh so hard. We, re, we, had, we, had, we had to redesign the huddle because me and Ahmad was right by each other in the huddle, and Buck could hear us laughing on the sidelines sometimes. And he goes, we have to refigure the, the, the huddle, uh, Bernie We have to redo this huddle because uh, the thing about Ahmed is like he, he spent, uh, I don't know, the first four or five years playing in St. Louis, and it was like so disgruntled. It's like it was no question in my mind that he wouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame if he was just with the right team. And that's, you can say that about anybody. I mean, they've been in the right place at the right time. And, and, and the, the way he started to work when he got to the Vikings after leaving, uh, being out of St. Louis, He's been in the Hall of Fame. You know, the guy, he had all the talents, all the attributes in his life. And he wasn't selfish. It was just like, if you get a coach that don't believe in you, you're playing for the guy. He's like, all you want to do is you just want out, you know, after a while. And if they're not featuring you and playing you like you should be played, it's like, eh. it's kind of like, like Brandon Moss. He was in Oakland for three years. He did not. I mean, it's like, not that he didn't do anything. It was like three years wasted out of his life almost, you know, out of his career. If he'd have been in New England those other three years, he'd be like, he'd have passed every record Jerry Rice ever had. But it's like you got to be in the right place at the right time, and the situation dictates that. So sometimes it's like, but I was no question in my mind he would be in the Hall of Fame if he had spent his first four or five years here with the Vikings uh, within another organization. What do you remember about playing with um, Ahmad and what he was like on the field? Well, he was always a uh, very, uh, you know, precise and very disciplined receiver. You know, he's very, very coordinated, you know, and very dependable. That's what I like about Ahmad. You know, he was a guy you could call on in any situation. That was, that's what's great about him. Do any specific games or plays really stand out to you about him? Well, there, there are several, but always the play that everybody mentions is certainly one that I think of, uh, you know, is, is uh, you know, the big catch against Cleveland in that playoff game. But he made uh, those kinds of catches on many occasions, and so that was just one because of the game that it was in that it stood out. 
what is it like to kind of have him joining you guys tonight and to be, see him on that stage and to get the same purple jacket? Well, that's great. It's, he belongs there, and it's a great honor to have him in as part of the Ring of Honor. What, what was your first impression of Ahmad when you met him, and uh, what made him such a special player? Uh, he could catch the ball, and he could run. I mean, those are two of the most important things you can have as a wide receiver, be able to catch the ball and run, and he could do it. Was he one of the most uh, special players that you played with in terms of talent and athletic ability? Absolutely. He had, he had talent. When he came to the team, he was ready he was ready to contribute. Is there one moment that stands out, one play or one game that he had? No, it was every game. Every game that, uh, that I saw him play in, he, was, he excelled. All right, anything else on him off? Uh, he's a great person. Uh, I've known him since he came to the Vikings and uh, always respected him and, and, and just marveled at his talent. Just talk a little bit about what it was like to play with Ahmad, uh, what he was like on the field. Well, first of all, you know, I came here as a receiver uh, my rookie year, and um, during the season, Ahmad came in, and, you know, he had been in the lead a few years, and, you know, he really showed me the ropes and uh, really helped me out and helped me learn and really helped me become rookie of the year, and I really appreciate him for it. What kind of impact do you think he made on the field, or what do you remember about him as a player? Well, he gonna make the tough catches, you know, game winners, you know, uh, he got a Hail Mary catch, uh, just a clutch player, you know, anytime he got the ball in hand, he can make something happen. Are there any specific stories or experiences that come to mind about when you came in and, and met Ahmad? Well, um, I don't know which gang it was, but he had really caught like a little uh, 10 or 5 yard out. And he's about to go out of bounds, and he turned back and handed me the ball, and I went the rest of the way for a touchdown. So I, I always thought that was real neat. <laughs> Just what does it mean to you to be here tonight with some of your former teammates and to see Ahmad go into the Ring of Honor? Uh, very. You know, somebody that you came in with and somebody you played with and, you know, somebody you see the, uh, he put in the work every day. And, you know, been to several Pro Bowls. Uh, you know, I'm just glad I'm here to support him tonight. What was your first impression of him? Oh, he, you know, he was very dedicated to what he was doing all the time, worked hard, and, you know, and he's, he's had the softest hands, you know, of anybody that I've played with for just catching the ball with his hands and it hardly even makes a sound. You know, he was taking care of his hands. Sometimes, you know, when the rookie quarterbacks were you know, getting some reps and that ball be fluttering along out there and he'd like look at it and start to put his hands up and just let it go. <laughs> okay. What what made him such a special player? Oh, I think, you know, he, he's got great size for, you know, wide receiver at that time and tremendous speed, you know, and he was, you know, he is a very uh, go to the point as far as where that break is going to be made, how to set up the defender, and things like that. So it, you know, he just he was a student of the game. Are you proud of him for his honor tonight? Oh yeah, it's, I'm real happy for him. You know, it's, he was up in Buffalo for some years up there, and then he came down to Minnesota, and uh, you know, and then once he and I hooked up together, you know, then numbers started increasing. Uh, and I can say this, you know, 
truthfully, they're not putting anybody into the ring of honor unless they're deserving of it. And I feel, you know, there's, you know, guys who are waiting in the wings, a Steve Jordan, a Henry Thomas, a Carl Lee, and there's others. Those guys are all legitimate ring of honor players because they had their best years. I mean, you know, Steve is a, is a tight end, um, all-time, you know, receiving tight end. Uh, you look at, you know, Henry Thomas, you know, who logged 90-plus sacks. No, they weren't all here, but, I mean, the majority of them, they were. Um, you know, who played with Johnny Randall and myself. You know, so, and, and Carl Lee, you know, who I'm, you know, who was, you know, had my six, who was protecting the backside. So, I mean, these guys, I mean, I just... I just hope and, and, and pray one day that they get the, they wear the purple jacket. I don't know if they're gonna wear the gold jacket, but they definitely deserve to wear the purple jacket. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Skull Stories. We thank you for joining us. Remember, the Vikings play on Monday night. Next week, they're at Soldier Field. That's going to alter our normal schedule the following week, so no Skull Stories next week, but we hope you rejoin us two weeks from now as we bring you another edition of Skull Stories. On behalf of Skull Stories producer Nate Vaughn, I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw. We thank you for listening tonight. We hope you have a great week. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings.